Uh, check one, check two. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I'm your host, Rob Cantrell, and I'm excited. I got a super dope guest, superstar guest, someone that knows a lot about music and herb and super interesting, super cool. I've known her like seven, ten years now. Uh, welcome, Jen Bernstein. Good, Jen. Uh, Jam Band Jen is her handle. Actually, it's Jam Band uh, NYC Jam Gal at Twitter. But I always called her Jam Band Ga- uh, Jen because she's like the the biggest fish fan I know. I, I and I know a lot of stoners and I know a lot of freaks. But she <laughs> usually people go big maybe like three or four years. No, she's been going hard for like fifteen. There's no slowing her down. Wow. Uh, and how big in the world of fish, like I'm in and out, like I know a little bit of shit. You know, I, I dabble in just about everything with music, but I, I have been to some fish shows and they were amazing. But the Sigma Oasis album, the word on the street, it's hot, right? It's pretty hot. It even like uh, charted on iTunes for a day. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, it's pretty incredible for a band that's been around since, what, they met in college in Vermont in like 83, I want to say. Um, my first show was 96 in Charlotte Coliseum. Uh, you know, to have that type of longevity for a band, like how many years is that, 35? It's amazing. It's amazing. Can you name any bands that like are still tight like that? Not they with all four original... Yeah, not with all... They're a trio. Not, or, and then they have a pianist, but the core well, is the three. There's five, there, well, no, there's four of them, right? So Trey Anastasio, the guitarist. Yeah. got Mike Gordon on bass, and, like, I played bass because of Mike. You know, he inspired me so much um, that, He's like, got when the I funk. got to college, I was like, I want to learn how to play, fuck, like, fucking, like, Funk and slap and all that type of groovy stuff like P funk and um, he's funky. so you know they're they're very inspiring. John Fishman, the drummer, and Paige McConnell, the keyboard player. So yeah, they um been around forever. And my favorite album that they did was called Billy Breeze, right? Yeah, and that to me was like a little bit more like I don't know, a little bit more classic rock feeling. Um, they're all virtuosos, right? They, They've been playing since 83. you got to be good. got to be good. But and you got to like, be able to get along. And they've stopped and go, like, they are, like, in terms of uh, uh, Grateful Dead is amazing how long they've gone. But uh, just to keep it together, just relationships are hard with human beings. It's true. You know, even, like, just look at us <laughs> now, it's... Uh, it's easy to like go into your hole, but like to maintain like a friendship and like a brotherhood. But I think what happens when they're on stage, they're just such musical brothers, right? That they can connect on like that other level to be able to jam, like right. Fish is an improvisational jam band, so to be able to like noodle or like go off on those tangents, you really have to listen with open ears, and it's a lot like improv comedy, right? You have to be willing to say yes. Right? You can't like yes, turn and. down somebody's idea. Yeah. So if somebody has a musical idea on stage, you constantly want to be like open to that and and like be able to riff. So I see that there's a lot of like comedy tie-ins 
or at least like theatrical tie-ins. Oh, I think they're funny. I've always I like the dude, the drummer with the dress. He's funny. Uh, even I was turned on to him in high school with the alt kids. Like I, I always give a shout out to my boy Ben Beal, who uh, lives in Richmond, Virginia. But he turned me on to a lot of fish. But turned me on to the first like Jane's Addiction. I'm old, so he turned me on to Jane's Addiction. He turned me on to. Uh, but he's a musician. But he was. He turned me on to fish, but I remember the trampolines. I remember that was like the yeah. first, they played in small clubs. In Virginia, it was like tracks, and they were before Dave Matthews Band. Uh, there was like Grateful Dead, and then there was a few, there's Grateful Dead, Almond Brothers, but they were the one that came from the Northeast that were badass. Like they definitely have their own vibe. Oh, totally. And you know, uh, as much as like High Times has a subculture, right? Or stoner culture is a thing, Fish has its own Completely. subculture. And um, over at NYC Jam Gal on Instagram, <laughs> I, we were, you know, we've been talking, you know, a little, a little bit about this. And my friend Jen Kessler from Fish Chicks, she came up, um, we were talking about goo balls the other day. Do you remember Goo Balls? It's like you would go to, um, you know, like Shakedown. Like Fish has a thriving open-air marketplace of, like, hippie goods. Yeah. Where, like, you could go get your drugs before the show and then, like, also and do them and then, like, go in or, like, buy a T-shirt or a koozie or... Oh, the parking lot's where it's at at those shows, dude. Yeah, is it still late. like that? Is, this, is the parking lot still blowing up? Oh, my God. People would probably go just for like the scene right yeah that was when going to the dead at rfk i saw the dead at rfk with jerry and i i just remember the fucking the parking lot was all going off like we would we did the show and like they that was the first time i saw like uh micro beers like people were selling micro beers this was very young and like like, they were selling them out of their cooler yeah i was like what the fuck whoa and, you know, I was, like, 18. I was loving it. But, uh... Shit will get you fucked up, too, right? Yeah, shit will get you uh, fucked up. balloons? Like, nitrous balloons. Nitrous balloons. That's a whole subculture in itself. Uh-huh. Some of the stuff isn't safe, but none of it... It's, like, debaucherous, but also fun, and there's nothing... Like, in terms of those concerts, I was just watching... Before you got him on, I was just watching them play Everything's Right, which is the song I've been jamming to right now. But they were playing in Mexico, and it was in front of a huge fucking crowd. And I was just like, and they were all, and everybody was dancing. And I was like, oh my God, these dudes have been doing this like for 35 years to get this, this many people happy and to move their body. Like dudes that didn't never move their body, <laughs> like stoners that have just been eating cheese whiz on the couch. To, I mean, it's got to be powerful to get these dudes up and. <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's it really is like the the most feel good music, and um, what's so entertaining about it is that like for three hours or however long, like these guys, like you know, everything's right if you're listening to it in you know that Mexico version. It's going to be different than, obviously, the studio album. But the thing about Fish is they never play the same song the same way. You know, that's what makes them improvisational. But then also, like, they switch it up. They did 13 nights at the Garden. 
13 sold out nights at the garden called the Baker's Dozen. Yeah. And this band, like, Trey sat down with, like, poster board all over his apartment and just, like, sat down and, like, wrote 13 set lists. Totally different. They didn't repeat one song. They have that large of a catalog. And then they had, like, a corresponding donut to go with the night. So for each 13 of the nights, a baker's dozen, if you will, like they had uh, double chocolate, red velvet, lemon, uh, powder, and like they played Powderfinger, right, on Powder Night, or... Uh, mad Variety, Mad Variety. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Keep sexy it going. thing on uh, Double Chocolate Night, or... Uh, a Velvet Underground song on Red Velvet, Velvet Night. Did they have a Red and Velvet? They gave out donuts at Madison Square Garden. That's sick. Federal Donuts from Philly, the best donuts in the world. Um, they, my friend Felicia and her team, like at Fed Donuts, they handed out three thousand donuts. You know, at which is like what. 10% of the people at the show got a donut, but like you, people lined up early each night to get a donut. Just to vibe it out, to catch the vibe before the thing with the donut and the taste. No, I, I, I'm not a, like, I would probably go, I saw the, sh- I saw him at Shoreline in San Francisco, I think in like 2000. I saw him in Vegas uh, one time when Kid Rock actually Kid came Rock, out. Oh, that's like notoriously one of the worst shows. Yeah, Pete, the Fish fans were hating it. We were hating it. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Weird, yeah. But uh, I was on a hit of ecstasy, so I didn't care. I was just hanging out. Everyone was on drugs. Yeah, and I wasn't. I wasn't having. I mean, but I will tell you about the Baker Dozen. The jam that I I've been listening to was probably one of the sickest opening is uh, Soul Shakedown Party. Uh, the, the, uh, it's yeah, it's so good. And I'm a huge reggae fan. And I was like, oh, these guys are going to cheese this shit up. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, they caught it, man. This is, this is it. Well, I think, you know, that goes along with, um, I've been playing a Mike Gordon show a day. He just released like eight shows from his winter tour. So every day on, uh, my, you know, 420 sesh, I've been like, you know, We've been talking about these shows because I'm like, Mike Gordon, I'm obsessed. I need to like have somebody to talk to about these shows. And um, he, he chooses some really cool covers, like an Amy Mann cover of uh, Save Me, or he'll play like Little Feet, or oh. um, Scott Murawski, his guitarist, will sing Sleep to Dream. And if you're going to do a cover of somebody else's music, you better best damn play it better than the original. They do. Why would you do that? I was going to just talk about how good, I mean, I don't think they do it now. I think with the Sigma Oasis, like I do, I do see the evolution of Trey and how he went through drugs and how he stepped away. And even it was kind of in his songwriting, like I understood it, like kind of the disillusionment of fame and what does it all mean? And then he kind of, but this new album, He's just pushing forward in his songwriting. I really like the songwriting. I like abstract style that it's also personal at the same time. But uh, but they they went through a big cover phase where they could kill every color cover. Like I remember I saw them and it was the first time they played it. It was at it was in DC. It was Mary Post weather. It was at Mary Post. Oh, I love that. And I have to say it was '98. 
and uh, they did sabotage to close the set. And no, and, and they never done it before. And the crowd, this is like a DC crowd, so people know hip hop in DC, and so everybody just went fucking. This was before like jam bands fucked with hip hop. Like there was always like jam bands was a little bit crusty, private schooly, hippie. Crusty. Nothing wrong yeah. with that, but yeah. they they stayed their lane. But Fish, yeah. when they did that, and then I think. The Coney Island Jay Z shit that they did was amazing as well. But yeah, they killed Sabotage. Like they, his guitar, like his guitar almost, like he's such a sick guitarist, he just ripped the shit out of that song. I'm sure he's one of the top, like, 100 guitarists, you know, Rolling Stone says so. Um, he is just like. He's up there with Santana and, Hen- and Hendrix. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's up well, yeah. It's funny because I was listening to Sigma Oasis. I forget what song it was now. It could have been, could have been Everything's Right. But he fucking channels Jimi Hendrix. Oh, like, yeah. He was like going off. And I was like, it sounded straight like Jimmy. I thought Jimmy was playing through my speakers. And uh, it's just like, you know, Trey gets great tone. Um, he does sick Hendrix cover. Yeah, I've heard him do I, Power of Love by Hendrix and he and which is like this nine minute oh you know opus guitar opus and he just fucking nails every you know he's just one of those dudes that does he's guitar nerd supreme yeah he's awesome and he's a neighbor he's just like a couple blocks from me and like I've had the honor of like having him stop me and say hey you know that's heavy crazy for me you know I spend a lot of time uh, at Fish, I've seen 217 shows. Yeah, tell me all about this. Yeah, not not a lot, but you would hope that like 217. Yeah, but um, you know, I'm one of those rail riders, right? So I'll like wait for hours before the show to line up, so we get early entry to the show, and we can like go get our spot. Um, over the years, like, it's kind of, like, changed the way the line works, and, um, they have a new head of security, Jimmy, and what he does is, like, you line up, and randomly you'll get, you'll get given, um, a wristband with a number on it, and then at, like, say, two hours before doors, or an hour before doors, you show back up, they call out a number, and that's where the line starts. So the line could start at 52, Right? And, like, if you're wristband 52, you're walking into that venue first, and you can go wherever you want, but, like, most people go right for the tray spot, right? Right in front of tray. So it'd be dead center, front of the stage. Kind of. Trey's a little bit, like, Fishman, the drummer, is, like, right in the middle, and so Trey's a little to the left, Mike's to the right, and <laughs> is, you know, on the other side. Um so yeah, like, I mean, where I really like to be is about like 10 feet on Mike's side because it allows the, you know, the sound of the bass to fully kind of expand. Like if you think about like a bass note, right? Yeah. And how it hits you, you really want it to hit you and Mike will drop those bass bombs or like these rumbles that just like shake you from head to toe. Yeah, it cleans out your intestine, man. Bass. <laughs> you know, the, the brown notes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were even dealing with, I remember listening to tapes about uh, reality being a certain frequency 
and they would mess with their, they would talk about it because they're so nerdy. So they would talk about the frequency and they were like, we're going to do this to the frequency of, of, you know, everything is energy. And so the and music is playing with that energy and you can get good at it and those guys are really good at it. But I remember they were the first ones that kind of opened up my mind to that concept of bringing things to a certain frequency yeah. and being able that's, to get that's there. Cool, right? Like to be able to get everybody either to that place or think of it as like a like a, a tuning for for you like a palate cleanser or, or something i don't know it's all about um, vibrations man you got to get your vibrations i was reading about up. cannabis yeah what do you think about cannabis and fish not to change it up but in case somebody well, I mean, this I is the cannabis coffee yeah. hour and we should give them your background i met you at high times magazine yeah and you you're I, and you i know you got the goods uh, Jen has always got the goods. Nice. Roar. Um, uh, what is that? This is ice cream cake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Pretty good. It's yeah. like a gelato and a wedding cake uh, hybrid. I love a gelato. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, let, light it up. Yeah, light it up, Jen. Lays on. Another Wait. great fish song. <laughs> I don't. I know Tweezer. <laughs> I don't know Blaze On. Does it? And if you all don't know Tweezer, you go fucking jam out to a Tweezer. There's some like twenty plus minute, thirty plus minute Tweezers. Also, this summer they played an incredible jam, uh, Ruby Waves. Oh wow! At Alpine, that's worth uh, going to uh, seek out. Um, Tuesday night was uh, uh, Magna Ball, right? And they played. This incredible Prince Caspian uh, tweezer prize. Wait a second. They're not playing right now during the corona. They're not playing right now, but they've been doing on Tuesday nights a dinner and a movie series where they'll release like a show. They released an MPP show. Yeah. That's the new thing I see in jam bands. One of my friends books the Brooklyn Same. Bowl and... Uh, He's into that whole jam scene. He's connected with the Capitol Theater. Is it the Capitol? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I went over there. We were having dinner. And uh, he was showing me the live stream. Like, I really think that's the new thing is yeah. jam band fans check out the li Like, the live stream is a huge deal. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it's a whole new, like, way to... Okay, so... For instance, I had my daughter in 2015. Congrats. And I, let's see, I don't know, She, I didn't take her to her first show until 2016, but it allowed me to do summer tour from the couch. Because yeah. you can't make it to all those shows. I would try if I could, but I'm not bringing, I'm not that much of a hippie mama to bring my kid to shows. Like, I like to get up and I don't want the responsibility. Some people 100%. love seeing their kids, the little ragers. I'm, I'm for that too. If that's your jam, but my jam is to be like, I'm losing my shit for a couple hours and I'm focused on, you know, seeing fish. It's got to blow um, it out. But if you can't be there and you're as like, not even obsessive, but like it's just something that you love and enjoy and it's music and it's healing and it's everything. You smoke weed, which is the natural like intersection. I feel like 
music and weed is like that's what I need. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I need. To me, those are my basic like human needs. Love is up there, but like music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think that does? It is it the dancing or is it the vibration? Um, With music, I think it's we'll break it down. To forget about life able to just let go and like clear your mind for a couple hours and just be so present and to be in the now. And I think that, you know, there's bestsellers, you know, the power of now. And oh, like, yeah, I'm Eckhart Tolle all day. Uh, that's my man. No, it's the power of now. Yeah, I get it. So you like, it's almost, it is kind of a form of meditation and even songs, I was thinking, even like the new trap rap, a lot of it is this, uh, mantras over and over and you're kind of the thing about fish they got some positive mantras so their mantras are, are all super happy and fun and cool and bouncing around the room and all that shit yeah totally and like even with the like most recent what I kind of call it um, soul splaining like Trey has gone through his like soul splaining stage of like we have soul planet we have um, rise up, come together. They're kind of like these empowering, uh, not preachy, but like real life shit, you know? And yeah, he just real life shit. Writing as his, you know, way. Uh, even Ghost of the Forest, which was Trey's side project, his like best friend died. And he came out with an entirely new band and a new album called Ghost of the Forest. And Ruby Waves came from that, and uh, that album is, you know, worth seeking out, too, and just to see how one man channels his grief, like, so cathartically into something that's personally healing for him could also be helping somebody, like, one of us, a member of the tribe, the twibe on Twitter, I have all my, like, fish, you know, friends there, and we talk about Twitter a lot, but, like, if it's helping somebody else, and it, like, that helps you, and... I don't know, like music can serve your soul in so many ways. Oh, it saved me. I, I can specifically remember uh, in 99 at the Fish Show, and I was going through this whole thing. I was in my early 20s, and I was working a sales job, and it was it was just right out of college. I had no direction, and it was right before comedy. It was right before I jumped into comedy. I actually just sold everything I had. I saved up 10 grand and went throughout Southeast Asia for like uh, six months. And then I landed in San Francisco and I started doing stand-up. But I do re specifically remember watching that concert and I was so scared about these moves that were happening in my life as we all go through. But that song, Free. Like, what's that song? Free. When he jumped, like, when, like, you know, and I was, I remember I was jumping ship on everything in life. And I remember list specifically listening to that song and be like being in the music and, you know, everybody connects with, everybody's going through the same shit. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, but in different. a minute I'll be free and I'll be splashing in this, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was in a minute, I was like working. Like, you went from something that was so soul crushing. Yeah. In this like period of change to something like soul, like soul, like reviving or like creating, and um, to be able to like hear something right and put a musical memory like to that, um, that's super powerful. Yeah, man. Uh, 
crazy. And the fact that like the arts aren't celebrated or that music isn't being taught in schools and like what's what's going to happen? Like music is so important, you know, to my life, to, you know, your life, to it's hard to find somebody who doesn't like music. It's a part of the gig. Yeah, music and laughter. It's just like, what is life without that? You know, good food and, you know, all of it. And your friends and your family. And I think with Fish, it's like, I really feel that, like, this is my family. It's like, I spend more time with some people, like, at concerts and on the floor. And, like, for those hours before the show starts with, you know, the hardcore fans who... We could be, you know, in our respective homes now. We wouldn't be on tour now, so I wouldn't be seeing them. But, like, we're more in touch now than before. And it's fun to see those same people over and over again. And dance, I guess, you know? Like, my my best friend, my disco brother, Eric Anderson, who's a photographer in Nashville. And I was in Alpharetta at a fish show with my friend Bridget. And she was the one who brought me up to the rail. I had never been, like, interested in, like, seeing what the band looked like up close. But once you get up there and you see a show and the energy is so intense, I don't know why, but it's, like, because you can, like, look into Trey's eyes or look at, you know, see him or, you know, look at Mike so focused in, like, like in it, you know, so in the group. I don't know. There's just some crazy energy um so anyways bridget brings me up there i like experience the rail i'm like you can okay never do what's the rail me. you're talking the front row or the side stage the first, the first five rows okay of people right so it's yeah. ga you know people go in early and like put their tarps down or a towel or a blanket and like you are holding down your spot for like a good couple hours and you're not and sitting down middle, people will try to push up wow and you're like dude i've spent like four hours here that's Anyways, funny. So get very protective um entitled uh yeah that's the only thing about concerts i do get anxiety so when i'm yeah, around a lot of like, but people like you can go if it's ga then you can go anywhere, really. You know, you can go find like a spot. Like I went to the Hampton return shows uh, with my friend Mark, and Mark's like twenty years older than me and is claustrophobic, and would make me leave during encore. Like, how can you leave during encore? But like, that was the deal. Like, was he fine. driving? But like. That's hard. Yeah, just to, like, beat, like, the crowd of people. And, like, I know. That's a lot of energy. Like, it's a lot of energy. But when um, it's all in sync and everybody's having yeah. a good time, you do lose yourself in it. And you can, yeah, you could, it, it, it's a, it's a mystical, magical experience, you know, and it's fun. That's why, that's why they sell out. It's a hardcore fun. You can't deny it if you just let it happen. Especially if you like to dance, and they got some funky beats. Yeah. Well, it's like, oh, so we were kind of talking about, like, the, the vibration of life and everything. Well, one of the things that Fish does is, like, there's repetition, right? And when there's repetition, you get comfortable, right? Because yeah. you can anticipate what's going to come next. This is my philosophy on Fish. So it's like, 
with all this repetition, like you get into your zone, you get into your groove, you get into your mantra, yeah. right? And it's like getting 30,000 people or 80,000 people or 90,000 people all in that same like headspace or like that groove or that vibe or energy, whatever it is. And then um, that allows them to be free to, you know, go off on musical tangents or... Um, Oteil Burbridge, who was in Aquarium Rescue Unit, and then oh, I know the about Almonds, that. Wow. and then now he's in Dead & Co. I mean, think about all the different musical hats, that, and not to mention all his own music. Uh, you know, it's pretty incredible that, I don't know, I interviewed Oteil for High Times. Okay. And he came to the offices. In New York um, or L.A.? New York. Oh, wow. But not, well, it wasn't 419. It wasn't, I would, yeah. 419 was just the best. And after we talk about fish, we're going to have to talk old school HT because I, you saw more than I did. I lived there. I know. I, people were looking at me like, what are you doing? But it was like, I went there once and I was like, I'm going back every day. <laughs> It was a freak show. It was a freak show in the middle of Midtown Manhattan. New York is just kind of, you know, I came from L.A. and, and uh, San Francisco. And so it's just, you know, it's just a different energy altogether. But the freaks are around and they were up there. That's where the freaks were hanging. You felt that magic too, right? And yeah. It probably felt a little bit like SF. and. Uh, oh, it totally did. No, back at, I, we could tell stories about Fortnite. But the reason... The reason I hung out there is, like, I felt safe. Like, just uh, so the listeners know, to go into high times, you literally have to go through, like, one of the most powerful attorney's office just to get in there. So you knew no cops were getting in there because it was literally, like, this is the dude, like, some mob people hire with millions of dollars to defend them. So you had to go through, like, a law office, and they were all cool with you as long as you had something to do there. And uh, so, yeah, back there, it was just awesome. Half the staff dealt, and they, it was like going to your own dispensary. I would say, like, each booth had a different... Uh, or just hang out. Or know? just hang out. I would hang out with everybody. Uh, Danny, that's where I met, first met Danny Danko. I met you. I met Mike. I would do short films. I would always get them, you know. I, yeah. I did one article. They came... I they, through Danko. I mean, it was really through... Right? Yeah. And you were always fucking funny as hell. <laughs> it was like, not that, like, I feel like we were all comedians at high times. Like, yes. it's just because everyone's a character, right? Because, like, if you're working there somehow, like, you got your thing, whatever, and just take a shot at fire. Yeah, right? yeah. What's the whole fireball thing uh, with the fish out? Or is it Mike Gordon? Woo! Yeah. Um, it's just really funny. So I was telling you about my friend Eric Anderson from Nashville. He's my disco brother. Met him in Alpharetta. He was delivering disco balls to my friend Bridget at the rail, right? And I was like, no, you can't come up here. Get back, get back. And he was like, chill. Just delivering these disco balls to Bridget. And I was like, oh, Bridget's my best friend. He was like, she's my sister. And from like that moment on, we were best friends. Right? He was just delivering disco balls to Bridget. And he's now my tour buddy. Like, we go to 
all the shows together. Um, 12.30 is our favorite night of the year, and it's always at MSG. It's just like it's the best night of the year. It doesn't have that big, you know, anticipation of like, it does have that big anticipation of 12.31, but it's just the best. Yeah, New Year's Eve is a scam. Yeah, everybody that's a pro doesn't go on New Year's Eve. And I even go beyond that. If you're a pro, you're not even going out on the weekends. That's for, <laughs> that's for the well, novices, some of the best man. Shows are Tuesday nights at the Garden, so. Yeah, those, those are the nights that you get to throw down for real. That's when, yeah, all the chump change ain't hanging out. Uh, that's who Fish wants to play to, you know, the dedicated, the hardcore. And, I mean, come on. I think they're just grateful. <laughs> if you're selling tickets. Yeah. What's that? They're not hurting for fans. No. Uh, tickets now are hard to get. They did have a reputation for being kind of jerks to their fans back in the day. Is that true? Uh, no. No? no. They're always, I think they've probably been the nicest to their fans. Like, Mike's always riding around in a golf cart. Yeah. They used to, like, park. They had the Betty Ford Clinic. They had their own, like, hangout before the show, pre-party. You want to talk about a party band? This is the, they're the ultimate party band. Yeah. I mean, is that being lost in this whole, like, like drug seat? Like, they are bringing the party to your town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they played... Uh, American Band, when they played with Kid Rock, they covered American Band, and he played, and I know everybody with political, I, I, I try not to get political on this, and politics is so funky these days, that I try to, like, my mind space can't handle it, uh, but at the same time, he, I, I will say Kid Rock rocked the shit out, I mean, he did a great job, they played AC and DC, and I know the Fish people weren't that psyched on that show. Well, it was because Trey was pretty fucked up. Yeah, this was like kind of those early 2000s, and I remember those yeah, days. That was like, like a lot of ecstasy, a lot of coke, and that was before the band broke he up. Got really bad, and yeah, he almost died. He was on the heroin, he was going with opiates and like yeah. heroin and pills, and that's what Trey got popped for was pills. Yeah, in White House, New York, you know, and it was somebody else's script, and I mean, look. At the end, at Coventry, on stage, he was doing fucking, like, eight balls on stage. Yeah, that's decadent. Like, turning around and just, like, snorting shit. On stage, it was the last show, it was Coventry, you can look it up. Like, there's videos. And it was probably not that good. Just don't, just don't. It was the worst shows, and it's like, I'm so grateful for the trade that we have now, and the fact that... And he cites, like, drug court, because drug court gave him a second chance. Yeah, he could easily he, like, be dead. He, help, and, you know. Did Farmhouse come that. during sobriety or before that? The album Farmhouse, which is, uh... Farmhouse was before that. Before that. It was probably, like, uh, right before. Like, yeah. the pills and everything, right? But that was known as their their really good studio album. I remember that. Yeah, that's a great album, and like you go to Spotify or you ask, you know, Alexa to play something, she's gonna play you Farmhouse. I like Farmhouse. I like some of those tunes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but right, Ghost is on there, right? No, Ghost is his own album. I just know that Dirt song is like I like that song. I like the slow. I like the quiet stuff. Yeah. I like I, I like their clothes. I, I think they rock. 
I like Tweezer is like one of the sickest riffs, but I like their quiet stuff. I like their acoustic shit, and I like his personal lyrics. I think that's dope. Yeah, and so you'd probably like Trey does like a solo acoustic tour. He just played Carnegie Hall. He played two nights at Carnegie Hall. That's sick. I remember seeing something about the Trey Anastasia band, and yeah. they they uh, he had a dope horn section, which I always thought uh, was sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you have a band, if you're rocking a guitar, and then you're like you're like James Brown, like hit it. Natalie Preston, James Casey, sax and uh, well. Uh, Jay Ha, Jennifer Hartswick plays trumpet. Sick. If you've got yeah, a brass you section, you got Sarah uh, Baptista. He'll take out some like flippers and play flippers. Oh, nice. That's profession. Those clickety clack things. All of the things. <laughs> what about the one that you just rub the stick? No, those are cool. Those are yeah. cool. I got a wooden frog that does that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But have you tried that? Never. No. Are you? I mean, nobody at high times was super hard drugs, but uh, but the ayahuasca. But like, you know, we we covered like ayahuasca. Um, like I take Adderall pretty much daily, mm-hmm. and I remember Simonek writing or you know commissioning a piece about America's love affair with Adderall. Uh, which is basically speed, which is basically like, I don't know, I haven't done math, but Joe Exotic did. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch Joe Exotic? Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, everybody was talking about it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I read an, uh, an article the other day. He was married and had a kid oh. before all of this. There's so much shit that we don't know about Joe Exotic. This was just such a moment in time of his fucked up life. Dude, Florida's no joke, man. It is no jo- No, he's Oklahoma. He's a whole other thing going on. But he was, that was all in Florida, wasn't it? No, his zoo was in Oklahoma. Well, I just think the more backwoodsy, the more redneck you can go, like, it's just more lawless. There's just no, there's nobody around to tell you what to do. So if you're on some trip, you can take that trip as far as you want, man. You could smoke meth for days out in Arizona and just have a whole, you know, Reno is just like, it's just like, there's, you can go off to any debaucherous end that you want, you know. I always said that when I had a kid, and I love having a kid, but it's like, there was times I was like, I just want to go to Reno and become a meth addict, and I'm just put this all away, live in a trailer. No, but, uh, but it, you know, yeah, that, that, that thing, I got into Wild Country. Did you watch any of that on Netflix? I've seen that. You Is haven't that next, seen it? That's next for me? I don't know. It's all about this uh, cult, actually. It's like a... Uh, it's like, a, you know, a yoga uh, Middle Eastern and they take over this town in Oregon and then the locals fight them and it's all in the 70s. But it's pretty dark. I don't know. All these things are pretty dark. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that's what I didn't like about the the uh, Tiger King. It was just like, none of all these people are sketch. You know, <laughs> there was no redeeming people. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Them. I, I don't know. They all kind of seem grounded in the end. Like they seem to like no Joe and like he's in prison. Her armpit off and ha. yeah, you know I think people need friends. Real. Yeah. Like you can't make up. You can't make this shit up. No. 
like what High Times is and was, right? You just couldn't make up like half the shit that went down. Yeah, I always gave High Times respect in terms of, I always thought it was like the most punk rock publication out there. Like they were just putting legalization up on the forefront in modern- We were like way over it. Way over, like Rolling Stone would take it just so far. And then Rolling Stone, I remember in the 90s started putting like Britney Spears, like going just super mainstream pop culture. And that's not what they started from. What's that? Well, it's like they sold out, right? I mean, it wasn't really, I mean, Rolling Stone wasn't about like pop. It was about like the subculture. Like Jan Wenner was selling it out of the back of his car in like San Francisco, right? Yeah. And like covering the best, the fucking Rolling Stones. Like, and every, like you're not covering Britney Spears. It's no bad. I'm trying to go. I'm going through a non-judgment era, and I think I'm all music judging, is vibration. Sorry. What's that? I'm being judgy because, like, I also, do. You I like any it. pop thing? Is there any cheesy thing that you listen to? The only pop thing that I can think of lately that I listened to would have been like Pitbull with the most sexually explicit lyrics. But that and rhythm, that reggaeton rhythm, sometimes catches you. Yeah. yeah. Everything's vibration. So if you get on the yeah. vibe, if, 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 if it's like, same thing with comedy, like even the dirtiest, filthiest comedy, if it comes from a real person that's like, that's kind of who they are, but they're not greasy and dirty about it, like they're just being honest. Then the vibe, the vibe is real. It's when you fake the yeah. funk. Like I always talk about this podcast. This podcast is non-fake, and you have not faked the funk at all, Jen. You've never faked the <laughs> funk. So I give it up. I, that's why I wanted you to have. I'm, I've had a lot of comedians, and I know you do comedy, and you do, and you're funny in your writing. But your main passion is cannabis legalization. Cannabis. The cannabis market is exploding. I think with Corona, what's going to come out of this? Is this country definitely needs, you know, as many money makers as possible. And guess who's making money right now? Yeah, Zoom and cannabis. And cannabis. We're going back to the plant. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the beautiful thing about it. We're going back to the plant and so much respect for the growers. Like the growers are the ones who, uh, and cultivators and geneticists and the doctors who are willing to prescribe cannabis or allow um, people to treat themselves with cannabis too. And I think it's huge that, uh, you know, well, we're, we're kind of moving into more, more hopefully of a plant-based society. Are you vegan? We can grow it. We can, if you want to smoke it, if you want to vape it, you know, I'm giving away a volcano vaporizer. Like, I don't know if we should be smoking right now. I roll a joint every single day. Today is day 31 of rolling a joint with Jen on the beautiful buzz at NYC Jam Gal. And I felt like at the end of quarantine, you should have a skill. And let's go back to the plant and, like, let's touch the plant and let's you know, roll a fucking joint. And if you don't know how to roll a joint, like, that's a life skill. Yeah. And But then it's like, okay, we've got this lung virus. It's happening. Should we be smoking? I can't say. But 
everything in moderation. And I will tell you that there are no, you know, diseases that are, or lung diseases that are called, you know, caused by smoking weed. Yeah, you don't shouldn't be sharing it right now, but I don't think there's, a, if your lungs are healthy and you don't have the stuff, then, you know, it's on right? you. But the thing is, it's like, don't tell me to stop smoking weed when this is the one thing that is helping me right now. And it's helping with my anxiety. It's helping me be a better mom. It's helping me be like a better wife and friend. And, you know, and the stress relief and just like living with the anxiety of not knowing when my next fish show is going to be. Yeah. Uh, where's the best place you've ever seen fish? Did you ever see any of those Coney Island shows? Those look dope. The Gorge. The Gorge. I've heard about that in Oregon. Uh, Washington State, right? Yeah, it's Washington State. Seattle, yeah. All, yep. And it's beautiful. I mean, we stayed basically on site, and it's like the Columbia River River Gorge. There's a valley there. Um, And we could hear sound check from where we were. Looking, you know, looking down on the. Bench, Were you in a tent like, or in a cabin? So we glamped. It was yeah. incredible. It was an air-conditioned yurt. Yes, I've been to a yurt at Big Sur last summer, and they're it's sick. The yeah, they're sick. If there's ever a commune with like these like types of yurts, and it's like all my people, I'm like so there. Yeah, yurt it up, treehouse it up. I'm definitely for that. Uh, so yeah, we're you've been too good. Yeah, we. I mean, we can wrap it up, Jen. I know you got a million things going on, and I appreciate it. And during the Corona, Corona, it's odd times. Uh, any other? I guess anything you want to plug, or I was gonna ask another question. What's the word on? What's the word on the street with high times these days? Or do you not even deal with the gossip? Like, I try to stay away from any type of gossip or anything. Like, I've I mean, worked with I, them I once left, before. The writing was on the wall, right? They sold the company. There was a new owner. It was, like, not my deal. Yeah. But that place is always evolving and always changing. But hopefully they'll stick around. Oh, must be here. Must work. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what that was. It was... You could hear that, right? That wasn't in my head. Yeah, there was a bing bing. Yeah, there's a bing bing. Um, you know, the writing was on the wall. Like, I wasn't moving to California to, like, stick with high times. And I had my kid. And, you know, things were changing. They, like, wanted to make or move me to, like, the digital side of things. And I love magazines. And my heart was in print. And... Yeah, you're, so old, feel, you're an editor. I went to Judge Cups, like... Went out to California every year with Judge, uh, the, you know, NorCal and SoCal Cups. And then, you know, I love all the, I love all them so much. And, like, they, you know, definitely were a big part of my life. And, like, it's real family. The shit that, like, we went through together, uh, it's. Yeah, it's a different vibe. Yeah, it's a different yeah. vibe, and all everybody kind of. I mean, I wasn't a. I was always on the peripheral. I never got a steady paycheck there, but I did get some checks out of them, which was always good. And I got to perform yeah, a lot of comedy. Us, you would do gigs all the time. I did. Uh, did you do the first Detroit Cannabis Cup? Yes. Yeah. You when they got shut down, I think that's. A, yeah, 
And uh, but we did that thing, and I got to introduce uh, Parliament George Clinton. I did like 10 minutes and he didn't arrive, so I had to stretch for George Clinton. And that was when we were shut, they shut it all down in Detroit, so they put us in some weird warehouse in the middle. Dude, that was, and then Royce the Five Nine drove up and out of nowhere, and it was like in the middle of the night and everything. And this was still when stuff was kind of illegal. Like, it was still kind of shade. It was a medical cop. Like, yeah. The was, first like, one. We were real fucking outlaws. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was cowboys and Indians. It was wild. Yeah, it's, it just seems to be happening. Colorado's opening up. It's just this East Coast and down South. And once that happens... Um, so, I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, Philip Morris just needs to get in on the weed game. And, know. you know, that'll change the tide of big tobacco lobbying against it. And it's like, if you can't beat them, join them. And I really think that, like, there's no way, there's no other way unless getting money into politicians' pockets and lobbying for this. Lobby for it from a, you know, medical perspective. You know, start with CBD. Allow your state to just grow hemp CBD. Yeah. You know, it's hemp. Or And then, like, you're like, oh, my God, this is fine. Or, like... Get grow. Yeah, I never understood that. It's just the environmental. We waste so much paper, and hemp paper would be amazing for the country, and even just the seeds and just the just the agricultural, and just get it out of the black market. You know, did you watch Murder Mountain on Netflix? Oh, you should check that out. It's all about outlaw growers and Humboldt, and it's but it's pretty dark though. It's dark too, but it kind of shows like. The black, how everything got shoved, like, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, like, uh, you know, just the money that was changing hands and how it was all underground, but kind of, it's kind of that middle ground. So once everything kind of comes out, like, it just has to be, uh, the federal government has to be all on board. That's the gig. Right. But, you know, for now, it's like, let the states decide and let the states do everything. And look, we're seeing the most leadership from Cuomo, I think, in the whole country about what's going on with Corona. So same. I know it's sketchy. I want Bern. I wanted I wasn't a huge I, I don't want to talk politics too much, but I was like, Bernie's the only guy that's not talking BS to me. Yeah. Originally, I was an Elizabeth Warren fan because I feel like we should have a woman. I, yeah, women up, man. I think it's time for chicks to take over. I get it. But Bernie and like socialized medicine and healthcare is exactly what this country needs. And I think that if more people realized, especially now that they don't have jobs and that they don't have healthcare, that we need to be taking care of one another and we need to have a socialized healthcare, medicine, anything. Yeah, you the just need some Yeah, it's a, uh, it's we're in a weird, tricky time, but you know, I think just hold on, everything's gonna be all right, right? That like that whole it's the fish jam. Everything's right. Yeah. All right, Jen, I'll let you go. I think let's finish Thanks, it up. Man. Uh, you're too cool to do this. Uh, you're gonna have to return the favor and come on beautiful buzz. I would love to anytime. I'm down. A hundred percent. Yeah, you can do like however long you want. I just need a laugh. 
We all just need a laugh. All right, we'll get a laugh and some Hendrix right here. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is Jimmy. I used to do this. I used to, in stand-up, I used to bring the microphone and put it right here. And then I would have it on the over speaker at the punchline in San Francisco, and he would do jokes. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we gotta, I, I'd love to do your podcast anytime. All right, Jen, keep jamming. All right, peace. Yeah.